0: From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse Jen Watson, Star of Tornado Hunters, Greg Johnson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network Coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser, Bill Johnson.
1: Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, if you want to check out more of our shows, because this is what, we're, we're at 107 now, if you want to check out some previous shows, visit stormfrontfreaks.com, and uh, you can kind of get a link to our entire library, all of our previous shows. With uh, We've had past TV legends like James Spann, Gary England, uh, just to name a couple of them, but I said tonight is episode 107 because we have another uh, TV uh, weather legend tonight. We've got the awesome Philadelphia TV legend, Glenn. The Hurricane Schwartz is with us tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have a great time with Glenn. He's got a new great, uh, new uh, weather, fictional weather book out uh, that we're going to talk about as well, which is really cool. But he's got a great history. So uh, who knows what we're going to get into and, and uh, how long we're going to cover that with him. But we're looking looking forward to that as well as his lightning round. Uh, we're going to cover our hashtag WeatherFools. And Dina has come up with a new segment uh, we're going to cover called You Gotta Have. And it makes you go, you gotta have? I wonder what? Well, you gotta listen. You gotta catch that uh, later on. But before we get to all of that, we gotta find out who is with us tonight. Uh, So let's find out what all of our co-hosts are drinking, uh, gearing up for a fun show with Glenn. I'm going to start with MJ. And he just linked himself. Up. I'm <laughs> back. Yeah, you've been doing this
0: too much. Let's try this. I'm. I've brought uh, some castle. Maybe I had too much already. Castle Danger, uh, cream ale from Castle Danger Brewery in uh, Two Harbors, Minnesota.
2: Oh, that's on. cool. Very How can nice. you find all this stuff, MJ? I never hear of it.
0: I go to a place called the Liquor Store. It's fun.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's a cool name.
1: I love that name. Yeah, cream ale is good, too. Maz, Maz, uh, what are you drinking, sir? I
3: forgot to go to the store, so I'm having purified water on ice. Mm -hmm. Good. You're a wild
2: man, too. You're you're
3: going to be
1: fun tonight. All right, Nisa, what about you?
2: I've got my Blackberry Moonshine Yeah. that that has um, cranberry juice, orange juice, and a tiny bit of pineapple juice in it. (laughs) I bought it last, I think, Friday, and it's almost gone. It's been that kind of week.
1: Wow. I have gotten into the moon the, the moonshine a little bit. Uh, it's good, in, isn't it? Was just in South Dakota this weekend in um, uh, Deadwood. Deadwood, yeah, which right. is an old old uh, Western town kind of thing. But uh, they had a moon their own moonshine place and got Ooh. some free samples. It's and a good movie too. Way. You got to get movie. the
2: flavored kind because the clear kind is like it could take your nail polish oh, off. Yeah,
1: yeah, you got to mix that. Stuff. <laughs> what do you okay. got, Phil? Mm. Uh, what am I drinking? I'm drinking a little Mountain Dew and Captain Morgan coconut rum. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh nice. okay. Have, so, mm. all right, Maz. let's, uh, Hey, let's get to our guest. This is going to be a fun show tonight. Awesome. Mm. We're excited to have Glenn
3: Hurricane Schwartz. He's a meteorologist at NBC 10 Philadelphia. Glenn has been covering the greater Philly area for over 24 years and was inducted into the Philadelphia broadcaster pioneer hall of fame in 2010. Now, just this year, Glenn published his first fiction novel, The Weathermaker. Graduated from Penn State in 1972 with a Bachelor of Science in Meteorology. So, Glenn, we say fiction. Mm -hmm. Is there any fact or is there any of you in here? Well, as a matter of fact,
4: there is, but the title character is not me because I'm talking about a tall, handsome guy who's <laughs> a natural for television. So that's not me, but there's my sign. I haven't been able to use this. Three months, stuck in the house, I doing book <laughs> signings. I, I had this beautiful thing made up, okay, the pictures and everything. But the, the key thing is the plot is fiction. The science is real. That's the bottom line. So the the title character, the main character is partly based on people that I've worked with. Other meteorologists, taller, better looking, you know, natural TV guys. <laughs> and so he's the star and going to be a bigger star. And that's where he gets into trouble here. I'm I'm partly the older mentor kind of guy, Yeah, uh, the character in that book. You're Phil? Are you Phil? Yeah. Well, (laughs) a part of me is Phil. Okay. Yeah, I I changed a few of the factors. I'm Phil. What what
1: are you talking (laughs) about? I (laughs) I didn't have
4: him wear a bow tie. By the way, I don't know get close enough.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Oh,
3: we- yeah. Weather map. Oh, nice. Yeah, but big, too North close, oh. too close,
2: <laughs> too close. That's uh, awesome. Okay. Hey,
3: is, uh, are any, uh, are any of the people that you may have, may or may not have based some of these characters on? Are they going to know, are they going to go, Hey, and that's, <laughs> hey, that's me. me.
4: Well, I, I did tell my friend, uh, Doug Cameron. he, uh, is in Washington, DC, big star there and he's one of the people I patterned the title character after. And he's very happy about that because I told him how handsome he is. Well, ladies, man. And, um, it's, so he's had a special interest in the book. Um, other than that, one of the characters is actually based on one of my best friends who unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but I wrote the first draft of this book. 13 years ago. Wow. 13 years ago. And I had the idea for the book. I wrote the first draft in a month and Sheila was alive and well back then, but she has since uh, passed on. Is the, is the character your, your friend from DC, is that the sportscaster? No, no, no. The, the guy from DC is Neil. Oh, he is one Neil. One of oh. the people is Neil. He's yeah. the main character. Okay, yeah. I got you. I got uh, you. the sportscaster is kind of a composite of all the disgusting <laughs> sexist uh, people that I've worked with over the years. No in way, TV. not in
2: this industry. I don't believe it.
4: Well, I've been around <laughs> long enough when when that kind of stuff was uh, allowed. Let's put it that way. Mm. And I worked with some old timers at the station years ago when I first started. These people were in TV back in the 1950s Whoa. and worked with some of the legends in the early days of TV in the 50s and 60s. And it's unbelievable the stories that they used to tell me and things that people used to get away with, especially the big stars.
1: Well, I want to
2: ask, but then I'm almost afraid to ask.
1: Yeah. Well... It- well, did you have a question? Can you to tell you
2: us one? Can you tell us uh, one that, you know, like, you know, we won't... Uh, <laughs> you well, know, well, these are mostly adults, I think. Yeah,
4: one of the uh, most famous uh, broadcasters in my station's history was John Facenda. And he became the voice of NFL films. Remember the, the slogan, the frozen tundra, you know, oh, that yeah. ESPN does? Okay, he... He was the frozen tundra guy, an incredible voice. He was, he was the man in the fifties and sixties, but he was a smoker. And back in those days, you could smoke, you could smoke in the studio. (laughs) But what he also did, he smoked during the news. (laughs) (laughs) So he would have a cigarette (laughs) under the desk and blow away the
1: uh <laughs> the did he have a drink in one in hand while. too?
4: Well, that's another part. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> he and and the crew. Now back in those days, again, they actually had people in front of the cameras moving them. Now it's all robotic. Okay. So there were like four or five people in the studio all the time. And You'd have a six o'clock news and then you have the 11 o'clock news. It's not like these days where they have all sorts of newscasts. So what do you do after the six? They would go to the neighborhood bar. Yeah. And they would all drink for yeah. hours. Oh, And, and <laughs> oh boy. there were actually times that, again, these guys told me the stories where they would come back at a quarter to 11, <gasps> walk into the studio, had no idea what the scripts were, and this guy was so amazing, he could get away with it because he just came out like the voice of God.
1: Ah. Maz is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, re- I, remember. I remember those days. I yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's back nice. in the
4: days when the bosses dated the female interns. Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah. Lots of that
1: well, stuff so, going so on. So we're on the subject. Uh, hmm. um, <laughs> so, Glenn, <laughs> yeah. here, here was what, uh, and, and this is why people need, if you're a weather fan, you, you really need, and especially the history, like Glenn's talking about, of TV weather and every, and just TV newscasts. Mm-hmm. This is what's great about your book is is you know I'd be reading a chapter <laughs> and and you do a great job of throwing in you know there's always we we did a uh, twister movie commentary last episode right and and there was always the person that didn't know anything about weather and storm chasing and so it was the perfect character to then have to explain and it's a you know way to set up explaining things and so you mm-hmm. did a good job of, of doing the same thing. Of, of setting up ways where someone has to explain some type of weather phenomenon, right? So I'm reading the chapter and I'm, you know, reading this stuff about different weather things and learning stuff at the same time. And then two pages later, uh, th- there's, there's some, you know, after some disaster stat you're sharing, uh, I'm reading about nude <laughs> women with nipple rings and sex on the sofa in the studio, they're having sex. And, and I'm, I'm just like, whoa, this is amazing. Uh, so who was that patterned after? Right. That's what I want to know.
4: Yeah, well, well, these are people before my time. So they sometimes didn't give me the names of the people involved. But li- they did tell me stories about people having sex on the sofa of the news director's office oh. at some points. Uh, there was a, a break room they uh, sometimes they were caught on the floor I mean it it was like it was an orgy all over the place <laughs> <laughs> at, at least the way they were describing it to me um there's you know dr- drinking and sex and sometimes the management's even part of it like they <laughs> the the general manager one year brings in a giant Backs of liquor for New Year's. Like, okay, party time, everybody, 11 o'clock news, don't worry about that. that everybody gets to drink <laughs> with the boss. Now, you know, things have changed so much, mm. you can't get away with jaywalking Right these days. Yes. So, you know, the saying is, write what you know about. So I've been in TV for, for, uh, 40 years now. Just had my 40th anniversary in TV,
3: Congratulations. many different stations. Correct.
4: Thank you. 47 as a meteorologist. Wow. And I obviously have learned a lot about weather, but I also learned a lot about TV and I wasn't brought up as a journalist. I was brought up as a meteorologist and I only watched them from afar. So I knew nothing about the business That's and, right. you know, you throw a scientist into a business where these are people who use the other side of the brain. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they're not thinking logically <laughs> they're in a different world. And it, it's, it was very hard to communicate with them sometimes and a lot of them, I'd say most of them, were not scientifically literate, let's put it that way. So <laughs> there would be people, if I would go out on a story, when my first job in Atlanta, I was the science reporter, and so I would go out with a photographer, and you got to talk while you're on the trip. And very often, the photographer, who didn't necessarily know much about science, he'd be asking me questions. And I could explain to them about tornadoes and no, you don't open up the windows and no, uh, tornadoes and hurricanes aren't the same thing. And you keep doing that back in those days. In these days, when you get into conversations, there are people that you barely work with, run into once in a long while. If they happen to catch you, they'll very often start asking you about climate change. Mm. And a lot of them, especially the technical people have backgrounds where they would tend to be on the conservative side. And I've had some pretty spirited arguments with people who are specialists in something not related to the subject who are trying to quote lines to me about uh, the weather and climate can get uh, kind of frustrating at times.
2: (laughs) But, you know,
4: so I'm trying to do what I would do as a meteorologist out on a trip, the photographer's asking me questions, and in this case, I'm trying to talk about climate and extreme weather. So that's one of the themes of the book, the connection between extreme weather and climate change. Now, when I first wrote this 13 years ago, it was kind of a nebulous connection, maybe controversial at the very least. And over the years, I ended up rewriting it. And as the subject of climate change kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I started shifting the the book where I would put more about that in it and less, let's say uh, about some other the TV stories, which will be in the sequel, uh, <laughs> I'll, save for, I'll save for that. Um, but it, it's just amazing to me how much the science has changed in that 13 years since I wrote the first draft of that book to this past year. And every time I rewrote it, I had to make the language stronger. Which just proves how much the subject has evolved just in a certain direction in the last 13 years. It it was very educational for me, too. Because when I first got back into the book, because I couldn't sell it. I couldn't get a publisher or an agent back in 2007 with something related to climate change and a novel and stuff like that. So I put it away on the shelf. And now that the subject became a bigger one, I said, well, why don't I revisit it? And then as I'm reading what I wrote in 2007, my God, I was pretty ignorant, (laughs) wasn't I? Or People back then, boy, even the top scientists didn't know some of the things that uh, are a given right now.
2: I remember, Glenn, yeah. your timing is so on because I remember back even 13 years ago when people were like, eh, and even the scientists were like, well, it's climate change. Maybe not, you know, and mm. now I've, I've seen even in those 13 years, people get fired for, <laughs> yeah, you know, for- like.
4: For tweets, Whether what yeah.
2: <laughs> one way or the other, like somebody didn't like them talking too much about climate change. And then the year after, it's all climate change.
4: Well, it, you're right. It, it's changed even, let's say, in the last five years, where five years ago, you might be told, okay, if you say anything, you have to give the other side. You know, that's what you know, TV and journalism is about. It's about getting two sides of of a story. You go interview a doctor about something and then a controversial subject, and they got to interview somebody who disagrees with that. And so there was a lot of that in the TV world, even up to a few years ago. And now that wall has been broken. And now we talk about the controversies about what do you do about it? How is it affecting the local climate and other areas? So we've changed the way we cover climate on TV and I'm sure in the newspapers and, and everywhere else. But this is how I got the idea. I wrote this book, co-wrote this book with John Neese Who's a professor Dr. at Penn State Names, now. Yes. Right. Okay. I know him. The, yeah, he's great. One of the great guys in the world, really. And I had a great time writing it. It got terrific reviews. It won the award for the AMS, the Batten Award for the best weather book of the year wow. in 2003. But I made about $1.47 on it. <laughs> but, you know? You know you know, it's a localized book and it's nonfiction. So I was telling my friends about it one day and saying, you know, as well received as that the book is, not a lot of people buy it and you don't make anything on it. And my friend said, well, why don't you write fiction? And that night is when I got the idea for this book. And it goes back in a way, to my childhood. Because when I first got interested in weather, I was, like, about 10 years old. And this is the part of the lead character that is me. 10 years old, I loved to play baseball. And we were in a stretch where it would rain out, game after game after game. I don't know, five, six games in a row. And I said, when I grow up, I'm going to build a machine where I can turn off the rain so I could play baseball. That's how I became a meteorologist because of that fascination with the weather. And, of course, realized very quickly that I couldn't control it. So the next best thing is to forecast it. And that's how I became a forecaster.
2: I love it. I wanted to play baseball. Yeah, (laughs) that's how it started. That's the first time I've heard that, though. You know, everybody's got some story like, oh, I saw a tornado or I was in a big Mm -hmm. storm or something. You just want to play baseball. I want to
4: play baseball, but I also had a teacher right around the same time in the fifth grade and we studied weather and he was a great teacher. And I thought the subject was really interesting. And I go up and look at the clouds and you know it affects everybody and from that moment I mean, I I told people that's what I wanted to be even when I couldn't pronounce the word I couldn't, I couldn't pronounce meteorologist back
1: then but i knew that that's what i wanted to do well i'm Thank still you. working on it i don't, don't <laughs> <that> it's <either. laughs> working on weather that's a weather <laughs> well I'll tell you what we're it's uh, i think it's time for a refill and a break uh so we're going to be right back with glenn and play the lightning round stay tuned
3: <laughs> hey it's castle from weather hype a podcast where we talk about weather climate and how it affects you and here's a message to get you weather ready The spring season is here, and we want you to prepare for spring weather threats, which include tornadoes. Do you know the difference between a tornado watch and a tornado warning? During a tornado watch, pay close attention to the weather and be ready to act. When a tornado warning is issued, seek shelter immediately by moving to an interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. If you are in a mobile home, vehicle, or outdoors, move to the closest substantial shelter and protect yourself from flying debris. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov backslash WRN.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are with uh, Hurricane Glenn Schwartz. Uh, we're, we're talking about his new book, The Weather Maker, as well as his his great legendary history. And, and Glenn, you really do have quite the history <laughs> in weather. I mean, you've, you've got a background in the private industry, uh, weather channel. I know uh, you've been up in Cincinnati. You've been, I think, in Florida, right?
4: Yeah. Florida. <laughs> so
1: here, here's my question. Obviously, in Philadelphia, you've been there now for, for 24, what, 20 mm-hmm. some years there. So what obviously a lot of different, uh, situations. Why, I guess, why so different? Why have you been and tried so many different things?
4: <clears throat> well, you're going to get a close-up this <laughs> face on television. <laughs> you know, it's not the easiest thing. You know, some people are on TV because of their looks. I'm on TV in spite of it. I, I mean, look, I, I mean, I'm not, anything horrible, but I am not a matinee idol. I'm not your leading man. And so when new management comes into a TV station, you know, they might take one look at me like, what the hell is this guy doing on TV? And literally I have been unemployed three different times. I've lost three different TV jobs. Um, One of them in Cincinnati. I only lasted two years in Cincinnati. Where were you I was then? WLWT. Um, That's where I was. With huh. Jerry Springer. Yeah. And he's the one that got me fired. Really? Whoa. So so he could bring his buddy in, who was a disc jockey, to do the weather. The, the name Pat Barry. Yeah. Ring a bell? Yeah, yeah. He's the one who replaced me in Cincinnati. Wow. And then in New York. We had a new management come in and they decided they wanted something else. And then I went to Raleigh and I figure, look, I'm going from, I'm from number one market to Raleigh. I got to be secure there. And after two years, I get called into the office and uh, they say, yeah, well, we give me a great evaluation, but we're not going <laughs> to renew your contract. So <laughs> we why? love you, but. Well, why? So, well, I can't tell you, but you have to talk to the big boss. So I go to the big boss, gigantic office, just him and me. Why are you not renewing my contract? And he literally said to me, well, you're not pretty.
2: Wow. Mm.
4: Now imagine (laughs) saying that to a woman Mm. or in front of other people, even in today's world. So what eventually I was able to take that look and make something positive of it. So now, as my news director said, look, you're a scientist. What's wrong with looking like a scientist? So after all those years, I finally found the secret.
2: You found your niche.
4: Yeah. And, and I've been very, very fortunate. And if I go around outside with, with this on, I call it my neon sign, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm that well-known and this is my hometown. That's the other thing, you know, you can see how I talk. My first TV job was in Atlanta, Georgia.
2: <laughs>
4: the first thing they did is they sent me to get to go to a speech therapist, to get <laughs> rid of my Philly accent. In Cincinnati, they sent me to the consultants of Frank Maggot's in Ohio, uh, yeah. Ohio itself, because I was too animated for Cincinnati. <sighs> so it, you know what works in one city does not right. work in another. Yeah, that's right. Well,
3: congratulations, man. Thank that's you. A <laughs> so, that, so that's a long career. So that's great advice. That you is very good. Yeah.
2: You know, make it your own. Whatever you're, you are, make that your own.
4: Yeah. That's one of the things that I tell you know, interns or people who want to get into TV. You know, like, what's the best piece of advice? that I could give other than don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not especially if you don't have a family, Um, but find something that you're good at, some kind of specialty, and then other people can't beat you when you're competing for a job. So I became what one consultant referred to me as the, Top science reporter in the country back in those early days in, in Atlanta. And that's what helped get me all of these different jobs. That's mm-hmm. put me, you know, as a tiebreaker. And that's how I got hired at the Weather Channel, actually, to actually produce a documentary on hurricanes for the them and the si- National Science Foundation. So that's what got me in the door. And then uh, the nickname um, came as a result of I was the first storm chaser for the Weather Channel. I was the guy before Cantori.
2: Glenn, when were you there?
4: I was there 85, 86.
2: Oh, okay. Because I so, came in the nineties. So yeah. That, no, that's it's yeah, about.
4: Mm.
1: I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. keep going. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt your yeah. thought there. Yeah. Um, so so that was my question, Glenn. So Glenn, Hurricane Schwartz. So you just explained how you got the name working at yeah. the Weather Channel covering hurricanes. I'm curious, how did that name stick while working in Philadelphia for 24 years?
4: <laughs> well, it, it. I actually got the nickname in New York. There's the hurricane that got me the name. That's Elena, 1985. Yep. Okay. And I chased it for the weather channel. And this is the very hat that I used reporting nice. on. Wow, it, okay? that's cool. Classic. So if if you know anything about Elena, look it up. I was doing the documentary. We didn't have very good video at all back in those days. So there was a hurricane that was going to be approaching the coast. We're in Atlanta. It's only like a five-hour drive. Go to the coast of Pensacola, shoot the video, get blown around in a hurricane, and come back. Well, 3,000 miles later and a week later, I got to get back to the Weather Channel because it came toward the coast. It stalled for a couple days. Then it went this way toward Florida. Then it stalled out there and there's just all kind of stories about how you you try to report on a on a hurricane when you don't have satellite capabilities you don't even you got nothing so i would actually we would have to shoot a tape let's say in tampa and tampa was flooded even though the hurricane was 150 miles offshore cuz all onshore winds low elevation so I actually had to shoot stuff, drive to the airport in Atlanta, put the tape on a plane, then drive back to Tampa, shoot some more drive back oh to God. Orlando <laughs> get on the well they had never taken a picture of the actual weather before in the first couple years of the weather channel they showed satellite pictures they had maps with temperatures on them. <laughs> But they never took a picture of the weather. So I I had been trying to get them to do this. And you know, they didn't want to spend the money. And now nah, we don't want really to do that. So it was coming up on Labor Day weekend. And the bosses were away. So the assistant boss was there. And I talked him into letting me do it. So I go and I, I'm, we didn't even have a vehicle. So I had, we had to rent a station wagon. So we chased this thing for 3000 miles in a whole week. I send those tapes back. I did some phoners. And when I got back, they were so mad at me when the real management came back until they saw the ratings. Wow. And now of course they chase snow flurries.
2: <laughs> but,
4: yeah, but I, yeah. Anyway, I I got a job in New York City after that. And I had permission from the weather channel to use that video of me getting blown around in Atlanta. And one day in New York, I used that video, maybe it was anniversary, just before the weather segment. And then the anchor man said, and now with the weather, here's Glenn, Hurricane Schwartz, just total ad-lib. Nobody discussed it beforehand or did focus groups or anything. It just came out and it stuck immediately. The the, the next day, I had cops across the street yelling at me, yelling hurricane. (laughs) And, And so that was the other provision from the news director in Philly. You know, we once you wear bow ties and we're going to call you Hurricane, that's going to be your name. He liked it. And I I have the background. I worked at the National Hurricane Center. I worked as the part-time hurricane specialist at the Weather Channel with John Hope. Like he would do 12 hours and then I would do 12 hours during one of the storms. So, you know, I, I have a background, so there's some legitimacy to it. And, and I'm telling you, it's stuck. People don't know my real first name here. Oh, really? <laughs>
2: oh, wow. It's Yeah.
4: That's
0: it,
4: it, yeah it, it will go to my grave. It, re- it really will. So, and, so I've, you know.
1: I've got, um, unless anybody's got uh, another question, I I've got, <laughs> the question I've got for you is really, so you're talking about TV and you're talking about moving around, Glenn, and, and finding your niche what What kind of advice do you have for new people that might be thinking about uh getting into t v meteorology or you know watch this and are thinking about you know taking that on as a as a major in college and with aspirations to get on t v what 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 kind of advice do you have with all the changes that have happened in that industry
4: yeah well well one of the uh, one of the changes that's happened the technology has gotten so advanced and so good and so detailed that it's a tremendous advantage if you're an expert at that technology and the weather graphics. Because a lot of the other people, they're more performers. Some of them aren't even meteorologists. And so you can make a career out of being the backup guy doing weekends and then do graphics during the week. And you can be a lot more secure at a job like that than doing the primetime weather Monday to Friday.
2: You're 100% I, right. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. I'm the when weather I,
2: graphics guy in the back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, when I yeah. was at Fox Philly Glenn, I remember one of the guys said he had been fired five different times in mm-hmm. like a, 10 year period or something. He's like wow. it it can be a rough business the bigger the market. It it you know.
4: Well, even in smaller markets it can be
3: well true. It can
4: be difficult, but it it's obviously more competitive and and difficult in in the bigger markets. And it's really hard if you have a family. It's hard if you don't look like a movie star, frankly. Um, Or a beauty pageant winner? Because literally, I'm competing against Miss New Jersey. (laughs) How do you do that? So I tell people, I don't recommend this unless you can't imagine yourself doing anything else. Because what it takes to be able to survive all of that and I'm one of the success stories and what I've been through, you have to have that passion, not just for the weather, but for performing, for educating. And now with with what's going on with the climate and changing uh, weather and extreme weather and everything, there's gonna be an even bigger focus on weather in the future. You can get your news anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. You can get actually a weather forecast anywhere, but you need some representative of science that you can turn to that you trust, and that's that's why a lot of people are getting into it now.
1: All right. Well, hey, that's mm. the sound. It is time for our lightning round, Glenn. So this mm. is our game show. <laughs> of flashy, electric, and brilliant questions uh, that we always <laughs> play with our guests. Yeah. Uh, we always invite everybody that's listening to play along as well, because uh, this can always be a lot of fun. Uh, so we're, we're bringing back one tonight that uh, we just did a couple episodes ago, but uh, this comes from a real game, and it's called Weird Things Humans Search For. So weird things that humans search for. So this is a, a real card game uh, that you can... Buy in the store and, and things of that nature. We brought this out a couple episodes ago, it was really fun. So I've I've got um, a, a bunch of cards here from the game, and I'm gonna just draw randomly one, two, three, four of these cards. And what they are is they're basically a list of the top ten things that people search for on Google. Uh, and and so I'm going to tell you the search and then I'm going to basically leave a blank so you have to guess what what is the top what what would fill that top 10 blank right what I'm going to do is so I'll say it and I'm going to go around to our freaks and I'm going to let them give you an idea like they'll give you an idea uh, and then you end up you have to come up with one that you think is in the top 10 and if you do you get a point and if you don't You don't get a point. So you can listen to the freaks, or you can just say, No, you're, you're, that sucks. I'm just going to go with my own, (laughs) my own option, right? Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So, so you'll, you'll figure this out as we go along. So here we go. Uh, The first search is, It is obvious when dot, dot, dot. So people are searching, It is obvious when what? Okay. And and Maz, I'm going to start with you. What do you think might be in the top 10? It is obvious when, or no, is it obvious? I'm sorry. Oh,
2: that
3: changes everything. It does, right. It does change
1: things. Is it (laughs) obvious when blank? What do you think people are trying to figure out? Is it obvious? When my hair falls out, they think I'm bald. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, is it obvious when my hair falls out? Do they think I'm bald? Okay, that's good. That's good. Dina, I'm gonna go with you next. Ooh. What 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 do you think might be in the top ten?
2: Obvious when I have body odor.
1: Oh, good. That is a good search.
2: A little stinky.
1: Yep. MJ, <laughs> what contribute something here? Is it
0: obvious when I'm
1: drunk?
2: Oh, that's
1: Whoa. a good one, too. Good. So Not with so you. So here's the thing, Glenn. You can pick any of those that you yeah. think might be in the top 10, or you can pick your own if you think there's a better I, one.
4: I like the MJ. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> we, it, we all do. No. Most people don't say that, so thank you. Is it obvious when I'm drunk? So that's the one you're going for. Right. Oh. And unfortunately, that is not in the top 10. Here's the top 10. Is it them. obvious when your water breaks? Oh. Uh, no. Is it obvious okay. when a girl likes you? <laughs> if you have HIV? Ooh. If a guy likes you? If you have lice, hey. that's oh. not one I search for. Uh, is it obviously if you miscarry, if your condom breaks? Garrett uh, got that one. <laughs> uh, if you're high, so that's close. Uh, is it yeah. if you're high, that's the same thing. Okay, well You're we'll, high uh, on alcohol. All right, close enough. Yeah, so we'll yeah. give it to you so you get a point yeah. for that. The last oh, two, yeah. is it obvious if a speed camera flashes? And is it obvious if chicken has gone bad? <laughs> All right. We'll give you a point for that one. Here's That's the next it. one. I always dream of blank. I always dream of blank. So, uh, Dina, I'm going to start with you. Give, give Glenn an idea here. Winning I the always, lottery. I always dream of winning the lottery. Good. Yeah. Good. MJ? Flying. I always dream of flying. Okay. Maz?
3: Cows. <laughs> okay,
1: How? from
3: twisters, for all possibly. From so, Glenn, here's the thing:
1: you can take yeah. one of those or pick your own. What What do you no, think might it, be in the top ten searches?
4: Well, but it's true. I do dream about being able to fly. Oh, I thought he meant
0: that's cows oh, I, Yeah, I, I thought he was going that way too. <laughs> going
1: with the cows. <laughs> all right, so you're gonna say I always dream of oh, flying. I don't think
0: he learned last time. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I'm that, that's a no. oh, here's, here's the top wow. ten.
3: Cows is in there. I yeah. always
1: dream of my childhood home water you dream of water i don't know i always dream of the same guy it's not something i think about much but uh i always dream of killing someone whoa damn i dream of my top 10 falling out this top 10 (laughs) dream of my teeth falling out my boyfriend cheating on me i dream of plane crashes so is, oh, would you guys crashes? say that's yeah. the same as flying? It's a little different. No,
4: I'm talking about flying by myself. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: so that's going to be a no. I always dream of my dead father. That's a oh. top 10. what the heck? I always oh, dream you know, of falling and that's... my ex. Those are your top ten. Oh, All right, is Garrett, We're Garrett not doing is too well. Garrett is
0: two for two. Okay, of our of our our viewers and uh, Molly and and Shane picked them up on that too.
1: Okay. So here we go. Next one. Why do I have so much blank? Why do I have so much blank? What are people like, I don't know. And so they're searching. Why do I have so much blank (laughs) MJ? I'm going to start with you. (laughs) Give them an idea. Boy,
0: I want to say money, but they wouldn't. Why would they? (laughs) But Okay. Uh, Why do I have so much money?
1: Why do I have so much money? All right, Maz
0: nose hair. (laughs) <laughs>
1: nose
3: hair, yeah. yeah. I right. hit that age, and I'm like, "What the heck?
1: <laughs> more hair in different spots than you should, right?" <laughs> right. All right, Dina, what do you think?
2: Well, well, since he did the nose hair, let's do acne.
1: Acne. Why no, do I have, I so, have so much, much acne. acne? There you okay. go. All right, Glenn. So yeah. pick, pick one of those or pick your own. Oh, with
4: it, it's it's nose hair and ear hair. Like, yeah. why does it grow there yeah. and not here? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, uh, So, you're saying n- uh, nose hair or ear yeah. hair, any of those? Yeah, you know
4: what? I, what? I, oh. I paid good money for this.
1: This <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> comes naturally. And I don't have money, which is why I don't have that either. So, mm. all right, so here's your top 10. Why do mm. I have so much gas? Mucus. <laughs> <don't know>. <laughs> yeah, that was the other one. Dandruff. Garrett. Act, three for three. Oh, I
2: thought saw- Garrett. Yeah.
1: Damn guy. Good guy. Uh, acne was one of them, so that's good. Uh, mm. Saliva. Oh, okay, why good. do I have so much saliva? Anxiety. Huh. Ear wax, one. not oh. ear hair, but ear wax. Snot. <laughs> Static in my hair, and why do I have so much discharge?
0: Oh <laughs> my God! I missed that one. All
1: right, no. people. This oh, just that convinces
4: that. me that. Only weird people answer surveys. No kidding.
3: (laughs) Wait, these are surveys or these are just searches? No, these are searches. Uh, These are things
4: people search for. Right. I mean, normal people
3: wouldn't be searching for
1: something. Well, we have one more. So, Garrett, you gotta get this one too. Finish on Mm -hmm. a high note here. Uh, The the search is: How do I shave my blank? How do I shave (laughs) my blank? Uh, Maz, we're gonna start with you. Top ten. Oh,
2: damn. Cat. <laughs> Your what? This
1: is real. Your cat. Your cat. How Your do I cat? shave my cat? Okay. Uh, Dina.
2: <laughs> <laughs> A different kind of cat. Uh, how do I shave my curly parts?
0: <laughs> yeah, wow. Really
1: Dina. The nether regions. Okay. Good, good.
2: it's a Google.
1: It's a Google mm-hmm. search, right? MJ, what's your contribution?
0: All right. I'm sorry, but I'm going because Garrett's three for three. I'm going with Garrett. He says dog. So there you go.
1: Dog. Okay. How do I shave my <laughs> yeah, dog? He probably got it too. So, so Glenn, mm. take one of those or take your own. What are we going with?
2: Uh,
4: yeah. I, I would think it's something like uh, like Dina but, said. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like Dina <laughs> but, said. But, but, but even
4: for for men to ask.
3: It's okay. Man, six, That's too. called manscaping. manscaping. Yes. Oh, okay. Chapter um, six. But,
1: uh, so chapter so you're going to say, how do I shave my pubes? <laughs> Wait, Molly. Uh, that, there you go. That is the number one search. How do I shave my pubes? Wow. Uh, we also have legs, head, yeah. balls, face, back, <laughs> face. beard, dog, ding oh. ding, <laughs> armpits, and eyebrows.
3: All right, that's yeah, well, you know. so
1: a great job. You finished strong. You finished strong. So uh, so let's do this. Uh, do, do us all a favor and tell everyone how they can not only follow you on social media, but what's probably even more important is how, how can they get a hold of your book?
4: Yeah. Well, um, I work for uh, NBC, so my regular email address is schwartz at nbcuni.com nbc universal um, my twitter is at hurricane nbc10 and this you can get the weather book.com um, you can search for the title at amazon or any other place where you get books it it will be in bookstores when bookstores open again.
1: <laughs> when they open again.
4: Um,
3: and if you search for it as a movie, it'll come to fruition. Yeah, uh, I
2: I think DiCaprio's got to do it, Glenn. You're a, that's exactly right.
4: <laughs> yeah. So so let me tell you my my theory here. One of the people that I know who I've consulted with the book, who uh, did a a blurb for me, was Mike Mann from Penn State okay, one of the top climate scientists in the world, certainly probably the best known climate scientist in the world now. I guarantee you that there are people in Hollywood, like Leonardo DiCaprio, who follow Michael Mann mm-hmm. on Twitter. So I send a message to Mike Mann, he tweets about my book, and eventually, you know, it gets to somebody in Hollywood. You know, Rufalo. I mean, there are there are a lot of them that are just obsessed with this, and there's also some of the TV people, um, like uh, Chris Hayes on MSNBC, Ali Velshi on MSNBC, talk about climate change all the time. Chris Hayes says he's even obsessed with it. I got to get on one of those shows, and look, you know, and I've got connections well- through NBC. And I know people who know people who know these people.
3: There you
4: go. So, you know, one day you may be seeing me uh, on a national show, plugging it, and then maybe somebody from well, Hollywood. Well,
1: you you might that. be getting a phone call real soon because everybody in Hollywood listens to the <laughs> Stormfront, Stormfront Freaks. Freaks. Yes, that's right. Gabriel uh, yeah. and
4: I like this. I'll settle for yeah. all takes is one.
1: All right. That's Glenn. all it takes. So, hey, I got one announcement to make. So we actually, Glenn was nice enough to send us – a copy, a signed copy of The Weathermaker that we have, uh, that we're going to give away to one of our listeners. So if you want to get the signed copy from Glenn, uh, check us out. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Stormfront Freak. No S at the end, so at Stormfront Freak. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We're going to post uh, the contest here uh, in the next couple of days. We'll probably run it for a week or so, uh, but keep a lookout for that and get your own signed copy as well um, uh, for your your collection. So we're going to take our final break and uh, we're going to be right back with the famous hashtag Weatherfools and Dina's new segment. You got to have awesome. Ooh.
0: Hi, this is Gary England. It's Friday night in a big town, baby, all dressed up, no place to go. Jump back, throw me down Loretta. Hey, be sure and listen in every week, right? Every week, the Stormfront Freaks podcast, baby, it's the best in the world. Let's take a
3: drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so this is a new segment. Phil had asked me to come up with something, and I was kind of laughing because now with the whole stay-at-home and COVID, I bet you I've single-handedly bought Jeff Bezos another house, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: so we've all been buying stuff online because we really can't get to the stores, and I thought, what's some cool stuff we can either buy online or download and so I did pick one thing that I actually have in my house and I'm going to share this. And this is the, uh, accurate weather station. And I you can do Accurite.com, but, um, mm. because I'm talking Amazon, um, I figured if, especially if you're prime and you can get it in two days, <laughs> but this is actually easy to install and it actually is part of our daily life. Um, in my family, you know, everybody looks at it. Everybody sees the display. I have it hooked up to the internet. So my site goes to weather underground and you can do it on your phone. And it, Oh, oh, you don't want to see that yet. Um, and so, um, I, I thought that was something that, you know, if you really are getting into weather stations, um, you could buy order, you know, order it. We're ordering like crazy. How much is uh, just the monitor? Um, it's, I think it's under, a, right under a hundred. Okay, okay. But you need, cool. I mean, you need to have the the weather station. You need a
0: compatible station. Right? Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, and there were cheaper ones, but um, like I had an older one and I, I had a hub, like kind of a connection hub so I mm-hmm. could send that data out, but right. it's not that hard. You have to just kind of go through the website on weather underground, sign up for an ID and then everybody can see your data. So it's kind of fun, but it is part those, of our family now. I mean, yeah, those are, those you are walk fab- down the stairs, that's what you see it.
0: Those are fabulous. I've got those yeah. too, so.
2: All right, so, Phil, you have something that, yeah, so you know, I, you it's know, like you got to have it. You got to I mean,
1: have it. Yep, you got to have. So that you, you brought this up, and one of the first things I thought of uh is actually something we mentioned a couple months ago in one of our shows with Shannon Balesky, uh who's a, a storm chaser photographer, and she mentioned – the iLightning Cam app, uh, if you've got an iPhone, and so I was out. I was just out storm chasing in the Dakotas uh, this past uh, weekend, and I, I I pulled this thing up. Number one, because I, I my lightning trigger um, broke and wasn't working for me, so I had kind of given up on trying to really get any decent lightning shots. Uh, but I thought, well, I'm going to give this a shot. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. And uh, I pulled up so I had downloaded iLightning Cam 2. So this is only if you have iPhone, but it's on the iOS App Store it's for a buck 99s, but it's a great uh, great purchase. And what I did is it was while I was driving, it was at night. And uh, I think it was while I was just gonna, I was driving to my the hotel I was going to be spending the night at and uh, the storm's had already passed but there was some good lightning going on. I just had my iPhone mounted in my windshield and I turned this <laughs> iLightning cam app on and I just let it go. And it and so when I look back on my pictures, you know, there were a lot of photos where it it took a photo of lightning that was in the clouds, and so all it really did was illuminated the clouds, but you didn't see the lightning strike itself. But I got I got two really good decent shots of lightning just by driving. I was just driving And this thing was automatically clicking, uh, (laughs) taking shots of the lightning while I was driving. So So does it
2: it take a picture as it sees it or is it just like a movie stream? No, it it...
1: takes a picture as it sees it. So it, it it registers that lightning flash and there are different settings. So like you can set it for auto. So it will try to adapt to whether it's daytime, nighttime for you and how far away it is. But you can also get a little more specific. Uh, I'm still learning photography, so I don't know all the camera settings perfectly yet. I'm working on it, but uh, you can get really specific with the settings on this and the speeds, the (coughs) shutter speeds, and all that kind of stuff um, to get some really good lightning shots. But I was impressed. I said I cheated because I used this app uh, to get the lightning shots. But it it turned out pretty cool, so something I think you got to have if you are a weather fan and you're out and about and just want a way to get some cool lightning shots without taking video or without standing there and just click 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 click. That's get great, Lightning Cam yeah. Two uh, at the iOS store. Awesome.
2: All right, MJ, do you you have a gotta have?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not not gonna share a screen, guys. Dina, actually, you stole mine. Um, so uh, oh, you, I did. The Accurate, yeah, the Accurate equipment. I've got a bunch of their stuff, and it's fabulous. Um, yeah. And that stuff that that you really, if you're in, interested in weather, you really got to have. But I'll, I'll throw out another piece of low hanging fruit for for those who haven't, because I'm 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 sure most people listening probably know about this, but some probably don't. Is you got to have radar scope if you're yeah any, if you have anything to do with weather whatsoever, and you're traveling around, you got to have that app. Um, so you have to go, and it's it's free. Um, but then you can add, you know, I always recommend people add at least tier one, which is just $9.99 a year. Yeah. Um, and you get a lot of additional data and you get lightning data and you get things like that. Um, it's just a fabulous app for, for tracking storms. So you got to make You got to
2: have that because yep. then it shows your GPS location too. Correct. It's really nice.
0: And if you're part of the Storm spotter network, you you can uh, log, log yourself into that and it'll show you that. And if you do reports, then you have that automatically uh, uploading your GPS location uh, when you make a report. So it's it's a great great app.
2: Perfect. All right, Maz.
3: All right, so if you have grandkids, young grandkids, not like you're 21 years old, <laughs> but you, you got to have the cat in the hat weather book. It's oh say, can oh. you say what's the weather today? Uh, so and it's like $7.99 for a hardcover too, which is awesome. And it goes over all the various different weather phenomena, rain, snow, thunder, tornadoes, hurricanes, thermometers, anemometers, wind vanes, all that stuff. And it's, you know, because except for some of the new ones that we just got from, from some of our guests, You're looking at Partly Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which Mm -hmm. has been around (laughs) like we were kids, right? But this, I don't, I've not ever seen this one before. So it looks like, have you? It came out in October. No, I
1: haven't. No, I haven't seen it. So yeah. it, it's it doesn't for, look like it's a Seuss written book. N-
3: no, it's not Dr. Seuss, but, but it is. Uh, it is a Cat, a cat in the Hat. And and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm like, if you're gonna teach your grandkids about weather, get them to love weather. Wow. Since Glenn is now trying to dissuade everybody from going into weather.
2: <laughs> and
3: he's thereby eliminating his future the competition TV part. Yeah. <laughs> You're just weeding out the competition for <laughs> the future, right? Uh, then this looks like a great book, so you got to have that one.
2: Got to have that go. and then when that's in your cart, then you got to get the weather maker.
3: There you go. There you that's go. right. <laughs> Something for so you. So that's,
2: that's our Don't new, mix uh, them up
3: cuz yeah. chapter 6, <laughs> will mess those kids up, right?
2: <laughs> So that's the whole idea of you got to have. And if you want to see any of those links, you could uh, go to our episode 107 show notes.
1: Very good. <laughs> All right. It's, oh, yeah. it's not an episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast without some hashtag weather fools, MJ.
0: That's right. Well, welcome everybody. Hashtag weather fools is our uh, segment where we show some folks maybe making some bad choices in the weather. <laughs> Uh, not doing what you would recommend folks to be doing, um, those kinds of things. And uh, we have a lot of fun with this and we get lots of you folks out there listening and watching, sending us uh examples of weather fools a just quick shout out to obscurity leopard and matt mccune who both shared a couple of things um and and they're the they're they're one of our typical uh weather fools uh people driving into flooded locations and we will post those so that you can uh, take a look at those uh in the show notes but dina you've got uh, another one to share as well right
2: yeah i do and i think i gave you kind of a glimpse when i picked the wrong tab Mm -hmm. but this is funny all right it's a gift but it looks like somebody's getting oh a few inches gosh. tonight.
0: Oh boy. And uh-huh.
2: he's using his hands and he's got the hurricane cone and it looks like it's <laughs> you know uh, part of his body that's growing. I just thought that was the funniest thing because you know you would think somebody would say, "Hey, Hey, cut it out. these. T-
1: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: how do you not I, know that, yeah, that, that hurricane lies. cone keeps, keeps growing, doesn't yeah. it?
2: That hurricane cone's going and going. The, the moonshine time, helps. Yeah, the moon by the time helps. you
4: can tell, it's too late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by, by <laughs> that
2: time you're already done. <laughs> that by that time you're already a gif and we're making fun of you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for that one, Dina. Phil, you've got some for us.
1: Yeah, I got a few. So so one comes from Twitter and the Kansas City Police. Uh, this is back May 28th. Said, you guys are never going to guess what happened. Someone someone totally did the thing everyone says not to do. Now their car is stuck in the flooded intersection of Westport and Mill, and first responders have to get them out. So, uh, of course, some car <laughs> Man, went, uh, high. went mm-hmm. driving in and car stalled on them. People just don't get the message on that. And they, they couldn't get out. So, all right. And the next one is, is a little bit along those lines. This was sent to us uh, from one of our listeners and friends, uh, Jay Farlow. And this was from Facebook. Uh, and this is a video of a Mustang, Ford mm-hmm. Mustang, driving quickly mm-hmm. through flooded waters. And unfortunately, they, uh, the car stalled because they were driving too fast. Water got up in the engine and while they're driving the car just kind of wit kaput and what's what's even more fun and interesting about this as we watch it go the guy gets out of the back of the car to push it and uh-huh. as he's pushing his spoiler oh, falls, falls off, off. Oh. cuz of he was pushing his spoiler <laughs> bad day so uh, yeah
2: this had to happen in 2020
1: Yeah, that would be a good 2020 thing Oh my god Uh, Last one I've got is from Jimmy Kimmel And of course, uh, Glenn, you're aware of this Everyone's doing their weather forecast now From home home, And Jimmy Kimmel had kind of a a set Of uh, Compilations of meteorologists And their pets Getting involved (laughs) With their, you know, here's a dog (laughs) Walking right across his camera (laughs) (laughs) And it's really interesting that that uh, these meteorologists are trying to do their forecasts, and then all of a sudden, an animal walks in on the screen, jumps in the back. There's a dog barking in the background. There you go.
2: Oh yeah, he's a good one though.
1: Here's the dog. Here's a cat. Someone's holding their cat. Oh Brady, kind of cute if you like cats.
2: He's waving.
1: And and this guy's trying to count himself in, and the dog keeps barking every time he says three, <laughs> two, one. That's adorable. And the dog barked again. He's mm-hmm. trying to get his forecast out. Uh, anyway, so some good stuff there. <laughs> so that's it. No, that's no
0: shortage, no shortage of weather fools <laughs> yeah. ever. We've I'm never sure. had a hard time coming oh, up with those, uh, that's those the examples. One. It, mm. it certainly is. So if you want to see all of those, if you're listening and you want to take a look at those, they're good ones. Uh, make sure you go to the episode <clears throat> 107 show notes on stormfrontfreaks.com and you'll be able to see all of those.
4: Send me a postcard, drop me
0: a line. <laughs> You've got mail, baby. Yeah. All right, MJ, <laughs>
1: back to you. What we got in the fan box.
0: Here we go. We've got some mail. <clears throat> um, our friend, Steve Collier, um, uh, oh,
2: Steve. Hi, yeah. Steve.
0: He, he checked in after the Twister uh, commentary show and says, guys, it was an absolute blast. So make sure you don't miss out. There was some great info on the movie. They pointed out some stuff that I had missed before, even though I couldn't tell you how many times <laughs> I've seen it. Y'all will definitely enjoy it. <laughs> so, thank you Thanks, very Steve. much, Steve. Yes, uh, And Severe Radar Watchers checked in on Facebook. And, uh, uh, they recommended us, uh, of so all good. things. That's so great. Thanks. Uh, they said, wow. it's always fun to watch this live on YouTube, subscribe to their channel and enjoy the uncut version. You didn't get so money. Did you? I, I didn't. I don't know anybody. <laughs> okay. I just checked. I don't have any. Don't yeah, have any. Yes. That's we don't have any. Right? That's true. So thank, Yeah. Anyway, thanks. Uh, severe weather watchers, severe <laughs> radar watchers. Sorry for that. And yes, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash stormfront freaks. Uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and stormfrontfreaks.com, or drop us a line in one of those locations.
1: Awesome. All right, awesome. Well, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening uh, or watching, if that's the case. Before I announce our next guest, uh, we always love your reviews, as MJ talked about, uh, multiple ways you can do that. But you, uh, we also ask that you subscribe to the show. So you know when we release the latest episode. You get that right in your inbox. So most pod catchers or podcast players, there's a way to either subscribe or follow. There's like a button to push. And if you do that, it just means uh, as soon as a new show comes out, uh, you're going to get it. Special thanks to our guest tonight, Glenn Hurricane Schwartz. Glenn, All right. Yeah, good. Woo. Woo. Awesome. Uh, great time. And, and you guys got to check out the book. It is good. Not only are you going to learn some great things about weather, uh, climate, uh, but it's really entertaining, really fun uh, uh, read uh, as far Have as weather Have you written
4: books. a review? Have I What? Written a review?
1: Ah, you no, know what? I don't know yet. if I have. Come
4: on. I got okay. five-star reviews. I need more. All right, we'll give you awesome. six.
1: We'll give you six. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so I want to let you know, remember to look for his signed book giveaway on our Twitter account, at Stormfront Freak. Uh, make sure you jump on there and follow us so that uh, you can be notified when that uh, book giveaway shows up. And our next episode, we're going to be recording live on YouTube and Facebook Live on Thursday, June 25th, we're we're a bi-weekly podcast. Uh, it'll be at nine o'clock eastern, eight o'clock central. We're gonna be with the head of the University of Nebraska Lincoln's Taurus drone project, awesome. Adam Houston. Uh, yeah, he's gonna be with <laughs> us. So he can he'll That's tell so us about uh, his drone, his storm drone project that they're Go doing. Go huskers. Yeah. yeah, man. That uh, the, the and no, Good plug for yourself there, Ooh, Maz. That was a suggestion you. from Maz. But Thank you. Uh, so, so that's who we're having. So we're looking forward to that. But for MJ, Maz, Dina, and Glenn, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. Uh, we will get to catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.